Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 201 of Yogaland. Today, my guest is Jamal Yogis. You may remember Jamal. He's been on the podcast before episode 61, where he talked about his memoir at the time, All Our Waves Are Water. It's great. If you haven't read it, you should go out and read it. Jamal is a longtime journalist, spiritual seeker, and surfer, and he has a new book out for kids. It's called Mop Rides the Waves of Life, and that's what we talk about today. I always enjoy talking to Jamal. Before Shelter in Place, Jamal and I used to run into each other quite frequently at our local cafe. I would just be coming back from dropping off my daughter and grabbing a cup of coffee, and he would be there working. And he has three kids himself, three little boys all in a row. And so I really enjoyed talking to him because he has studied Buddhism for so long and it's in the fabric of who he is and the way he parents. And we often just laugh at how how hard it is to really, really live these principles and all the things that we used to think we would be able to do so effortlessly in our parenting and just how challenging it is. So if you have kids yourself or if you teach kids, you will just love this episode and you will love the book. So the book is on sale. You can get it anywhere you get your books. You can also go to Jamal's website where he has put up some meditations for kids. They're great. It's J-A-I-M-A-L-Y-O-G-I-S dot net. And just a quick bit of housekeeping before I start the interview. I just sent out a newsletter this week announcing the dates for the remaining opportunities you will have to train with Jason this year. So he has a few three-day teacher intensives that he's offering, and they're not quite open for registration yet. They will be soon, but those dates are on our website. And if you want to be among the first to know what Jason and I are offering, please jump on our newsletter. You can subscribe to it at our website jasonyoga.com. Okay. Enjoy the interview. Thank you so much for sending me the books. They're so cute. I can't even stand it. <laughs> I love them. Thank you. Yeah. You, you sent me two copies, which is why I'm saying them, but, and I will tell you that we were just talking before we officially started about how books are such a, an important thing in the household right now during while everyone's sheltered in place. And it's been kind of hard for me to get my kid off the screen. And I just started reading your book to her out loud the other day. And she loved it. She was really, really, she became really absorbed in it really quickly and related to everything in it. And I don't know, it was just like quite a testament. It was really awesome. And it's funny, like if I didn't know you, I would say, well, what inspired you to write the book? But I know you so well that I know you have three little boys at home. What are their ages now? They are four, six, and eight. So, four, six, and uh, eight. <laughs> they're like little Russian dolls. You Aww. just kind of. <laughs> and um, yeah. so, Mop is the main character in the book. Would you say that Mop is kind of an amalgamation of all of them, or is Mop directly you as a kid? A little bit of all of it. I mean, he actually, the books came up from my unconscious in a in a way, like they weren't planned. I mean, obviously there are pieces of me in them and there are pieces of my kids who have big wild hair. But 
I just love to doodle. Doodling is like one of my meditations where I'll just, I'll just like put on some music and just like draw lines. And sometimes they're pictures and sometimes they're not, but I, I draw stick figures a lot. And this one curly haired character just kept coming back into my drawings and I love them so much. And I just thought this guy, maybe he could be in a book. I'm like, what, what does he want to do? Like, uh, you know, I surf, I like to meditate. So yeah. I, 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 I naturally gravitated there, but the, it really just came because I love drawing his curls. I just love doodling them. So uh, all of a sudden the stick figure was on an adventure and he was running into, I knew he loved to surf. I knew he was going to go on some adventures and then he got into trouble at school. I think because my kids are always having like emotional turmoil Mm -hmm. (laughs) at school, not any more than any other kids, but you know, you like, I pick them up at school every day and I'm hearing stories about the drama or the the great stuff of that day. Mm -hmm. And so a little bit of each of them got put in there. And then, you know, all my books, grown-up books have dealt with this metaphor of like our minds and the oceans. So that was a natural piece to put in there where Mop learns how to ride his emotions with, you know, mindfulness and breathing. It was the weirdest thing, Andrea, because most of my projects, I, I kind of am like, all right, I'm going to do a project now and I'm going to write this book. And this one just like poured out of me hmm. doodling. And then I just sent it as these stick figures. I sent it to a publisher and they were like, yes, we want this right away. And wow. so it was really like, it was this really interesting flow. And ever since then, Mop has had this flow of ease around him that none of my other projects have ever had. Hmm. and. So I just love this little dude all the way up to, you know, finding this wonderful artist, Matt Allen. Who I was going to ask um, you, how you, did you find him or did they find him for you? The publisher found him. I was familiar with his work, like on social media and stuff. He's a great yeah. uh, artist who draws a lot of ocean characters. And, but he'd never done a children's book and he was super excited to try. And I feel really lucky. Yeah, he's perfect for you. It, it almost felt like you, like, it, I don't know, it just felt so, it fits so well. and almost felt like you could have drawn it yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we found him, though. Well, he just did such cool hair. I mean, Mop mm-hmm. is all about hair. Mm-hmm. He just has... <laughs> it all comes out. It started with the hair. And then when we were looking for artists, we were just like, oh, my gosh, that guy does the coolest hair. And There you go. Does. Yeah. You're, hi- you're hired. You're hired. <laughs> it's sort of like the deep truth of life. You know, it all comes back to cool hair. That's why you and I are connected, Andrea. I know. Oh, I know. It's so funny. <laughs> it's the curls. I read, I read the book and I was like, God damn it. Mop got made fun of for his hair. Why do curly heads always get made fun of? <laughs> well, that is a part of me that happened. I used to get teased mercilessly for my puffy hair. There was a whole year where anytime I was running down the soccer field or football field, all of my friends would scream, don't look at his hair, because it meant like I would fake you out or you would get distracted by my my curls. And I would laugh it off, but I was actually really hurt and bothered by it. And one time I snapped on one of my friends and got into a huge fight with them and I didn't have the emotional tools that Mop learns in this story. And I think 
a deeper unconscious motivation was like, I could have avoided some crazy stuff that I went through as a kid if I had better emotional tools. And so mop is like this messenger to my kids of like, this is what your dad didn't have (laughs) when he was your age. Like, I hope you can get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons I I was so happy that my daughter tuned into the book, because I think that, you know, as parents, you realize that these early years, the emotions are so big for kids and so overwhelming. And there are just very few kids in this age range who are just sort of naturally wise and, you know, can kind of handle all the dysregulation that comes in any given day. And so they really do need to learn how to handle it. And yeah, the metaphor and the visuals that you use, you know, it's like Mop goes to school. I can't remember the first way he acts out, but he ends up pushing someone in the sandbox. And then, oh, because he gets made fun of for his hair, right? First event happens, Toby tells him he plays Foursquare like a baby and he pushes Toby in the sandbox. And then... And he doesn't feel good. I mean, the the thing I liked about it too is that it's like afterward, Mop doesn't feel good inside after he did that. You know, it's like acting out doesn't feel good. So then what is that? But he still doesn't know what to do. Interesting with, with kids because, I mean, none of us were given many emotional tools when we were kids. Um, and Isn't now crazy to think about <laughs> now schools are starting to get hip to it. And, and that's so wonderful. But I think as parents, what's so interesting is our kids wear their emotions on our, on their sleeve. And so we can see, you really need to deal with your emotions, you know, cause they're like having a tantrum. And so we get to try to give them those tools and sometimes we succeed or fail. But I think it's really interesting to shine the mirror back on ourselves and be like, wow, I just don't act out my emotions. Cause I, I, but I feel them inside. Mm-hmm. Am I like, learning to ride my emotions mindfully? Am I like, I I think particularly in this pandemic, I see like how quickly my emotions can build and just blow. The cool thing about writing Mop has been like, well, I'm teaching my kids these skills, but I'm really like working on these skills at the same time inside myself. And it's just, it's more subtle for grownups because we have also learned to like repress and be like, not show our emotion on the outside. And sometimes that's helpful, but it can also be like this weird game where they like act their stuff out quick yeah, and then it's yeah, over. It's true. Yeah. They're like, ah, punching my brother, you know? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, life's so fun. We're now we're playing again. And we're like, we can like brood. And, and so I, <laughs> it's been, a, it's an interesting ride. I mean, pun intended to be like, what am I teaching my kids? And then what can I learn from them in this big, like, sea of emotions that we're all in, you know? That's cool to hear you say it that way, because I feel like that's my life every day is like, okay, I'm trying to teach her this. And then, wow, I need to reinforce this for myself. <laughs> you know, it's just constant. It's like, it's this, it's, it's constantly that you're trying to create the right structure and environment and, you know, coping skills. And then, 
we just, as adults, like we're just never finished. So we just need to keep reinforcing it for ourselves too. I wanted to ask you, you know, your other books, they're for adults and memoirs, but um, there's a lot of focus on your dad in those books. And in this book, I noticed that the person who teaches Mop to ride his emotions is his mom. And I just wanted to ask you kind of why you made that choice. Yeah, it was another thing that just kind of happened in my, my telling of the story. And I liked it. But my mom was actually the one who took me to my first mindfulness class when I was about 16. John Travis, I remember we went and we ate raisins <laughs> mindfully. <laughs> Both of my parents were into meditation and yoga, sort of more and less at various times in their lives. But my mom was really the one who I think demonstrated her her practice and really lived it she's super diligent i mean the woman has not missed like a day of doing her yoga practice in my life wow (laughs) that's amazing like ever she will not go without it so i think she has been a real teacher for me and my dad has too i think my dad was somebody who i had a lot of big emotions with my dad and i had a little more tension Mm -hmm. He was somebody who had a lot of wisdom, but he also had a ton of big emotions and he didn't know how to process them. He came from a family that was like the antithesis of emotional processors. They were like long line of like soldiers. His dad had been in World War II. He was one of nine to survive out of a 300 man battalion. He was like the kind of guy who would like just work on cars all day and be like, say like three words. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. Taciturn, kind of like just a lot of internal life, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my dad broke away from that and a little bit, but he still had, he never really learned like to process his emotions. So he and I would need some kind of adventure or action to happen to like work through our stuff together. And that was for me, the big one was running away to Hawaii when I was 16. And then he came to find me and we had this sort of big, like coming to a head and also coming back together after years of being angry at each other. So I think like my dad came up in my books a lot because there were so many big emotions to work out. And I'm happy to say, I feel like we really did successfully do a lot of that as adults. And, but my mom has been somebody who's been more like a guide, mm-hmm. you know, all through growing up. And she's always been there for me. And she's a, she's a career counselor <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's a mom who really supported me in taking risks in my career. And so, yeah, I think she naturally fell into that That's really role. Neat. And then Mop, Mop has that too. Yeah. 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 I want to preface this by saying that the jury is out in terms of how much Sophia takes in or enjoys yoga and meditation. <laughs> how have your boys responded to the book? Are they interested in it? Do they, do they love it? Do they get it? They do like it a lot. It's sweet. They get into all the characters, you know, Izzy and Toby. And there's a second mop that I've just written and that comes out like a year after the first one. And they were like really into the process of, the, they're into the story and the characters. Uh-huh. The meditation, 
and surfing part, they look at those things as like, that's something that's like the clothing my dad wears, you know, yep. it's like, yep. <laughs> totally. it's, it's not like, like they like LeBron James. They're not, you know, Oh, that's so cool. You met dad meditates and surfs. It's just kind of like, that's like, you know, the way his hair is. And so it's funny. This is sort of an embarrassing thing to say, but I have tried to get them to like meditate and do yoga and surf. And they've sort of half-heartedly cooperated a little bit, but they're three boys and they're wild. And so they never sit still. And so, but for mop, I started making these little guided meditations on, and I just put the first one on YouTube. I watched it. um, I really liked it. I hope (laughs) you do more. I really do. Because I think that it's a good, your tone is great. Thank you. It's fun. Uh, that video was the first time that they have like done meditation and really like been absorbed in it. And I think it's just because it was on YouTube. Oh my God, probably. And because they could literally click the YouTube app and then just be like, there's dad on YouTube. And all of a sudden they were like, we love this meditation. They're like doing the rainbow thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is surreal what if I teach my kids to meditate on YouTube? <laughs> that might be what you have to do with like these kids who are native to the web. Oh I my gosh. actually am like going to re- recommend it to other parents. If like you're trying to impart something yeah. that they're not absorbing, like make a little video and let them watch it on your phone because it's sort of sad to say in some ways, but it's also just real that that is like now kids are on zoom all the time for their classes. They're just like, it's the way they're used to taking in information. I'm kind of like, this is happening. Yeah, I know (laughs) you can't totally fight against it. I mean, at least, especially for like getting, drawing them in. I mean, I'm a little relieved to hear you say all this because we've had pretty similar experiences. Like Sophia thinks one of the funniest thing I'm like whispering because she's in her room right now. One of the funniest things she can do is like sit cross-legged in Lotus, you know, touch her thumb and her forefinger and with big smirk on her face go, oh, like she's just (laughs) making fun of us, basically. It's crazy. It's just, I'm like, you realize that this is something we actually care about. Like this is not, but for her, it's just like this funny performance. It's like you said, it's like this goofy thing my parents do. Yeah. They're like little teenagers, right? Yes. They love to rebel and they love to be like, you're not cool, dad. Um, but, and I'm amazed how early that starts and like the awareness of it. But but then I catch them. It's interesting. I don't know if you do the, find this with Sophia, but our boys are big role players. So they'll get all their stuffies out all the time and do these big performances. And I'll hear them do things like, lion's getting angry at zebra like zebra is gonna hit him he's just like no no zebra just like take a breath take a pause you know <laughs> and, and it's like they don't they'll only saying that because they think i'm not watching but they are absorbing this stuff on some level right even if it's just like a plot point yes <laughs> but, but i hear them saying things like that and it makes me happy that like some of it is being absorbed and embodied. But I think like going back to holding up the mirror to yourself, obviously like the best, you know, way of teaching is 
embodying and demonstrating. And and I realize how much I have to learn in this territory of like mastering my own emotions. Yeah. And, you know, and yoga is not like obviously like a posture or a, a lotus or a chant. It's like life. It's union, yeah, yeah. living the flow. And so that is the ultimate teaching that I can give I know is if I can and I am miserable at doing that (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're not but I'm like (laughs) I I get it but I have the theory down Andrea I've got it down really well (laughs) and you can explain it to me really well so that's something (laughs) yeah there'll be a whole other bunch of adults listening right now who'll be really impressed so (laughs) no but it's true I mean actually your words ring true like I mean I guess if we think about it this is the ultimate test of our practice, right? Is whether or not we can actually embody it and pass it on in whatever way is relevant to our kids. Here I am like a child of yogis. I didn't, I didn't want to do like spiritual stuff as a kid, but it was funny. It would creep in in interesting ways. And then it was when I started really having real anxiety or emotions that I didn't know how to deal with as a teenager that I did naturally gravitate toward picking up a meditation book, but it had to be in my own way. Like I never wanted to do what my parents were doing, which I, I would like categorize. I would be like, Oh, those they're doing some like new age thing. Uh-huh. And I read Siddhartha by uh-huh. Herman Hess, which was like literature. And then I wanted to do like, it's the ancient way. And I was like really like rigid about it. And, or, cause it was like what my parents weren't doing, but I, I found my, those seeds had been planted and then I'm so grateful they were, Yeah, but I wasn't grateful like R- growing right. up. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I just, the fact that you put the, the first meditation on YouTube is great because not only can, is Sophia similar in that she loves YouTube if I can say like, oh, this is a friend of mine, then it, it has this like double excitement for her. So I'm, I'm really excited to play that meditation for her and see how it goes. It's funny for all of her kind of wiggliness and she's actually a super active girl too. She seems to respond best to like out of like sort of the spectrum of things that she's around with us. She seems to respond best to guided meditation. She just likes to sit in my lap not all the time, but sometime, you know, from time to time. And she'll say afterward, like, oh, that feels so good. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Our guides are kind of <clears throat> that way, too. I mean, we listen to, I think if you're a kid these days, like, you listen to a lot of podcasts. There's so many great storytelling podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the guided meditation that is just you can close your eyes and visualize and you're sort of on a on a story but mm-hmm. you're on an internal story so i'm yeah i've just made i've just recorded one where it's like a nighttime meditation to relax before bed and i have the kids imagine they're going to the beach and getting into the water but they're going in slowly so it's basically just a body scan meditation but mm. i'm trying to like make it into a story because where they can see themselves kind of like as a character in this landscape. And so we'll see how it works. But I think it's just wild. This whole generation is just, you know, trained to have things streaming, (laughs) whether it's audio or visual or at school. And 
Yeah, I don't know. I was really resistant to it. And this pandemic thing, I don't know about how it is for you, but since we have no option but but to use the technology, I'm letting go of like being rigid about it. And I don't know, I feel like like none of my worst fears are coming true. Like they're not like turning into like little demons or anything. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I'm just kind of like, oh, maybe I don't need to be like such a spaz about (laughs) technology. I don't know. I don't want it to go on forever either, but. I can't wait till they can play. Like you've got three kids at home, but I just can't wait till she can go outside and play with her friends. I can't wait. Yes. Because she's doing a lot of playing with her friends, like via screens. We're letting her play Minecraft and just like a pretty creative game for kids and does require some cooperation. So, you know, there, there actually are like beneficial parts, but far more than we want it to be happening. It's happening. And and I think the kids are feeling it too right now. It's just like, just to give their friends a hug, just to like run around and be crazy with another kid. She, my kid is longing for it so much. So yes. much. Yeah. yeah. We, we are really fortunate that they have each other, but they're all going berserk with each other. Sure, too, so. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> like each other's punching bags from time to time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. It's, it definitely just de- dysregulates them when they're on it too much. And then we just find we have to like get out and just look at trees and yeah. be, be by a creek because yeah. it's too much. Um, I wanted to ask you if you are thinking about down the line, if you're thinking this far ahead of doing like a graphic novel with Mop, if he grows up a little bit. Oh, that's such a cool idea. Yeah. I would love to. I mean, I'm working on a graphic novel series right now called City of Dragons that I just love so much. And that's going to occupy my space for a few years because it's it's a series and we're doing like a book a year, basically, for about three or four books. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm living this dragon fantasy. That is so exciting. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. But I love graphic novels. I've totally fallen in love with them. I was a comic book reader as a kid and I didn't get into graphic novels as a grown up. And then this one story that I wrote just seemed to really fit the graphic novel space. And so I I tried it with an illustrator and all of a sudden now I'm just crazy for this format. Nice. Because I think if you have a kid who is a natural reader, you know, they'll just take off into books. But if you don't, like graphic novels are such a wonderful way to get kids reading. They've been so great for us. They've been so great. I don't know if boys read the the Smile series with... Oh my gosh, Raina, Raina, I think her name is Oh yeah. yeah, she's local too. She's from San Francisco. She's um, wonderful. Yeah, she really is. And so I was thinking like a male version of, you know, her main character is a girl. And I was thinking like, oh, that's good. This could be mop in a few years, like three or four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> yeah. The wheels are spinning. Yeah, thank you for the idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We definitely have a lot, a lot of, uh, we want to keep going with Mop, like the illustrator and I and, and the publisher. We just have all kinds of ideas of where he's going to go. So as he grows up, it's true. Like it would be cool to have him run into more middle grade situation. Yeah. And I think that the way it's illustrated now will, will translate really easily to a graphic novel. It doesn't feel like, even though he's a little younger than the graphic novel age I'm thinking of, like it doesn't, the way that it's illustrated feels really modern and yeah, it would translate easily and his little image would translate easily and his hair could get even bigger. <laughs> That's right. I know. Like he's going to get teased about it as 
an elementary school kid and then he'll be like the coolest kid in school. And there you go. He's like, <laughs> we want mops, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking like, this is just right out of the four foundations of mindfulness. This is just right in the wheelhouse of, you know, mindfulness of emotions. Was, was that intentional or did you just decide to like focus on feelings? Cause feelings are such a tough thing for kids at this age. I wish I could say I was that organized. No, I just, <laughs> you know, thoughts and feelings really do move through us kind of like waves. And so since Mop is a surfer. I think that was just the natural thing that that came out. But it's something. It's a metaphor that I find really helpful for our boys. And this is a place where I actually see them using <laughs> what I recommend, where they'll just be so angry and like screaming at each other or screaming at one of us. And I'll say, "This is gonna pass. Like you're in a wave right now, and this is like it's and." They'll sometimes like Kyvis, the oldest, who's really intellectual, he'll be like, it's not going to pass. Like, I'm so angry right now that like, I, like, I just can't stand it. And he'll hear himself saying it and he'll like, his logic will kick in hmm. and he'll just realize that what he's saying to himself is like, oh, it is going to pass. And this happens like three times a day. <laughs> so like I can, <laughs> I can remember. And so the wave metaphor has been really helpful. There's a mop coloring book for anybody who wants to download their free. And there's this one image where mop is duck diving this wave. And it's like a triple up wave where there's three emotions, fear, sadness, and anger. And mop is going under them. And that image, the boys wanted to color the most. Mm. And so they colored them and I actually hung them up in a handful of rooms in the house. And so I'll kind of like, not too heavy handedly sometimes just be like, look, <laughs> like you're right in it right yeah. now and it's going to go by. And that imagery does resonate with them. And because kids are so in the moment, it's something that's so beautiful is they're really in their emotions and they in the joy. And that's why it's like so wonderful to see when they're so deep in the joy and the happiness mm -hmm. and the creativity. And then they're so deep in the anger and the frustration. But that, yeah, that wave image has been one that I do see them like starting to embody and sort of intellectualize and then also employ. Yeah, that those pages of the book are so powerful. So good. I love that image. I might want to download that coloring book. Where, where can people get the coloring book? Yeah, go to mattallenart.com, I believe. Or if you just Google Matt Allen Coloring Book. Okay. There are a few up there. I think he has like a handful of images you can download for free. And if you pre-order the book, you will get a full coloring set. Ooh. It's like the full book. So we're going to have that available soon, by the, certainly by the time this podcast comes out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shmuel. It's always nice to connect with you. Sometimes we run into each other at the neighborhood coffee shop. We don't get to do that anymore. So I'm glad you're doing well, hanging in there. And I'm, I'm so happy to share this book with everyone. Thank you so much, Andrea. I love yoga land. So keep up the great work. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thanks so much for listening. Just a reminder, a little nudge that I always do appreciate receiving reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people continue to discover this podcast. I also do appreciate when you share it on social media, not just because it spreads the word about the episode, but it gives me some anecdotal feedback on which episodes really resonate with you out there listening. So enjoy your week, ride the waves of your emotions, and enjoy your practice. (laughs) 